Welcome to Marketecture, where you can get smart fast with in-depth interviews with leading technology executives. I'm joined today by Andrew Casali of Index Exchange. Andrew, great to see you. Great to see you as well. Thanks for having me. So I think probably most of our audience is very familiar with Index Exchange and its core services. It's been around for quite some time, known as an independent SSP. But we're going to focus today on your new product, which is called Marketplaces. Is that what it's called? Yes, it's called Marketplaces. Okay. What is Marketplaces? So Marketplaces is really a journey that we've been on as a company for many years, which is to turn all of the integrations we have made over the years with every media company on the planet and every channel, web app and streaming, and every DSP into a platform that's accessible for businesses to build on top of to try to move ad tech to almost the next phase. You know this very well, but in ad tech for the longest time to build a media business, to build an ad tech company or a business in programmatic, you have to spend as much time working on core value creation, data, creative, curation, optimization, as you have to spend in infrastructure. You You can have like amazing data, but if you're not connected to every publisher that matters, premium publishers in every channel, you're not going to be taken seriously by marketers. And so it's always been this drag on businesses that we've seen. And the way we look at it, our favorite problem at Index is efficiency and scale. We love establishing those connections. We have established huge global pipes to all these publishers. And we think AdTech kind of has to get to this phase where it stops reestablishing and recreating the same pathing and infrastructure. So what is Marketplaces? Yeah, you I was wondering what it was. Uh, uh, <laughs> that, that was my preamble. What is Marketplaces? Okay. You, you can look at it as a curation platform, but really it's an opportunity for any media company, any ad tech business who has a unique value prop, data, creative, curation to bring their demand onto the exchange and transact with all of our existing publishers. So you can think of commerce media, any of the retail media networks. From our perspective at Index, it's also an area that we actually have quite a bit of experience in. This isn't a brand new product or something that we're doing for the first time. In 2018, 2019, we helped target with Roundel and bringing that into programmatic. A lot of what we learned from that experience and experiences that have come thereafter, which were really all one-offs, custom installations of the exchange, it's all folded into this platform. But yeah, to overly simplify it, you can look at it as uh, our response or our flavor of curation. I think it's a lot bigger than that, but that's how you can kind of easily frame it. So effectively, it's a data overlay on top of inventory it's a marketplace where you can get a data overlay on top of inventory. Is that the simplest thing way to explain it? It's far more generalized than just data. So data is one okay. use case. We have marketplaces that have launched that have creative services that they're adding. Mm-hmm. So instead of data, they're doing unique things with creative. We have marketplaces that are also just super focused on outcomes and performance. You know, we can hit a view through rate or a conversion goal. You know, we can kind of curate supply, focus on high viewability placements or slots or what have you, and just drive better outcomes. So I would say data is not a requirement. It's more of a generalized tool set that supports n number of use cases. Okay, let's walk through the use cases because I think, you know, in these interviews, we like to just really get down to brass tacks. Let's do creative first. That's kind of an interesting one. So I'm a creative vendor and I have some ad unit that's special, is it right? Right. You know, some brand new ad unit no one's ever seen before. How do I use marketplaces to to sell those ads? Yeah, so if you kind of go back to the talk track I had before, Traditionally, to be that ad tech company, you know, one of your options was integrate with a bunch of publishers yep. so that you could either, you know, through something like Prebid or through the ad server with a manual tag, you could access their supply and run your creative tag in it. And then hopefully you've done a good job selling to the buy side agencies or marketers to get their budgets in via or whatever to ultimately transact. The problem with that is 
a lot of buyers have moved to DSPs now. And so even if you have an amazing creative unit, they want to buy it through the Trade Desk or Amazon, DV. Of course. The other problem with that is publishers today don't have as many resources as they used to to do one-off integrations into new vendors. And so if you're a brand new vendor, you have something that's really cool looking, but you don't have a lot of budget, the resource that's available to connect you to the publisher is very limited today. You're not likely to integrate with everybody. So if you look at marketplaces, what we're basically allowing them to do is to say, hey, you've got this creative unit, you've convinced a a marketer to work with you and and run on, on your unit. You can now through marketplaces, encapsulate that into a deal ID and say to any buyer, hey, you know, you're using beeswax or you're using TDD or, or what have you. Sure. Target, you know, fancy Coca-Cola Creative 123, that's the deal ID. It's going to run on maybe just a comp score 100 or maybe it's going to run in streaming and it's going to work directly within your DSP instantaneously. You don't have to do an integration to publishers. You don't have to do an integration to the DSP. It's just going to work. That's sort of the, the idea behind it. Yeah, that totally makes sense. So how would a, in that example, the yeah. creative vendor is curating the, effectively the placements where its creative works or yeah. is approved. How do they do that? Do they just like, is there a UI for just picking placements or do they have to, yeah, let's two start options. there. How does it work? So there's two options today and then there's also a third option coming. So there's a UI, the marketplaces is fully UI enabled. And mm-hmm. so you can literally curate the supply across the platform down to a super granular level. Everything is also API available too. So you can skip the UI and do it all programmatically. And then additionally, we're also now moving into an area where some of the curators want to be able to pre-decision before the auction. And so in that scenario, at our edge, we can make an instantaneous call before we start the auction, say zero to five milliseconds. So they can raise their hand and say, actually, for this given request, we this passes our curation criteria. We want to put it into this given campaign. And so then Index will take that as an input and ultimately lead it to the bid request out to the DSP with the associated deal ID. Right. That's really interesting. And how does the permissioning work? Does the publisher have to permission the creative vendor in that circumstance to be part of their program? Yeah, so just like a little history of marketplaces, because it's very new at Index. In August, we announced marketplaces to all publishers via an announcement. We gave them the opportunity to opt in, opt out. So that preference is saved within their UIs. The first six partners launched in September. And then from there, publishers have the option to opt in or opt out of any given marketplace vendor and the demand that they represent. And so, you know, in the case of of a creative vendor, there is every opportunity for a publisher to either vet the vendor, accept or not accept their demand. And the vendor has every opportunity to also communicate their value to the publisher. The only other thing that I would say that I think is worth noting is the demand ultimately through marketplaces nets out to a net bid in the publisher auction. And so we look at it as whether demand is coming via the open market through private markets and now through marketplaces, the highest net bid ultimately is what plays into the publisher's ad server. And so this represents to publishers largely a brand new differentiated source of demand. New bids in the auction, basically. Right. You would hope so. And how is the payment clearing working in this case? I'd imagine some cases like this creative case, there might not be any fee but imagine if the curating marketplace creator had a had a fee. How would that work? Yeah, I think this is one of the most disruptive approaches that we've taken to this opportunity, which is one of the things that we recognized was even if we built the platform and supported the use case, 
there would always be an enduring business need at some point for you know curators or businesses like this to eventually want to directly integrate with the publisher because if the platform itself was taking some of their ad spend in the form of a fee, it would reduce their winnability in the end publisher auction and, and or ultimately impact their margins. What we've decided on the index side, which I think makes us one of a kind right now in market, is we are not going to charge curators anything. We're not going to charge any marketplace anything. So the entirety of their ad spend goes directly into the same standard uh, publisher auction that runs today, uh, which means Index continues to take simply one fee at the end of the transaction as negotiated with the publisher instead of a second fee up front to the buy that's coming to the curator, which does make us very different and is also consistent with some of the results that we're hearing from you know our early adopters, which is it's leading to much higher win rates in the publisher auction. And it's also ultimately getting more of the ad spend to working media because we're not taking two fees. We're just taking one fee right at the end, the same fee that we've always taken. It's also transparent to all parties in the transaction. So that's how we're looking at the cost side of it. And so the bet that we're placing is that this will help compel accelerated ad spend consolidation in the marketplace. And so for us, back to our favorite problems of scale and efficiency, we're looking to scale index as quickly as possible so that we can ultimately continue to reduce our fee and be the most efficient pipe to transact through. Yeah, that makes sense. But we should talk about the data provider option. Sure. So the data provider presumably is providing data because they want to get paid, right? Yeah, yeah. So how does that, so yeah. how do they get paid? You're not doing a bid reduction. Are you assuming that there's an offline payment that the publisher then transacts? So, so I was specifically referring to how Index gets paid. So I just wanted to make it clear we weren't. There's no two fees. We're paid at the end of the transaction in the auction I based see. on our publisher terms. Marketplace partners have two options for their fee. They oh, can I either see. assign a flat CPM fee or a percentage of media fee. And so that would come directly through the transaction. And so ultimately, if you're wondering, like, how does everybody get paid? The DSP, as they always have, pays index. We would pay the marketplace party for their fee. And the publisher would be paid in accordance with our standard terms as we always have. And again, the big difference here is we're not touching the marketplace partner's fee at all. So we're not sharing in their fee. It's a full pass-through. And so that lets them take less of a fee because they don't have to cover our cost. And that's right. why more working media is getting to the pub. And that's why win rates are higher in the publisher auction. Right. Got it. So is the bid reduced by the fee that yes. is supposed that is going to be paid? Yes, right. absolutely. Okay. Got it. So the index fee is taken, or actually the no, bid no. is probably reduced. The index fee is, the index taken, fee is the taken the index fee is And I say that, end. like I pointed out, and you might be like, why does it matter? If you do the math, it's well, actually it a big deal. <laughs> it matters. It matters. Yeah, I was just kind of concerned because the alternative is a data provider is integrated, let's say, at the DSP level, sure. in which case they clearly get paid. Yeah. So I want to understand the incentives for the data providers to participate. Yeah, and just to be clear, like data providers still largely use DSPs, and that's very normal. If you're wondering why are data providers leveraging the marketplace's platform, I think there's a few reasons. I think one of them, and this largely depends on the DSP, but one of them is there's been a recognition that, at least on the supply side, and specifically for companies like Index, our role, the way we view our role, is to be the best at supply. And that also means to integrate with all supply, but that also means to never throttle ourselves. And so when we work with a customer, whether it's in streaming or web or app, we take 100% of their slot requests across every channel, across every geo, across every size. That's why we run today half a trillion auctions every single day. And we burst a 10 million QPS within ourselves. That's our responsibility. 
And you know, one of the realities of this marketplace is DSPs are under incredible pressure from an infrastructure perspective to handle the enormity of supply in this market, also to handle the enormity of duplication that happens across exchange. And so most DSPs are significantly QPS capped. And I think you're well aware of this from your time in DSP land. But so as a result, one of the things that has been noticed is when you activate data on the exchange, which is not capped, which is not thralled, which has access to everything, your ability to find more scale is enhanced. And so depending on the data provider, this matters more or less. But for data providers that have very scarce audiences, being able to activate the data where there is no cap on supply leads to better reach. And that's one of the other pieces of feedback that we've been getting from our early marketplace transactions, which is we're scaling and reaching audiences significantly more than was seen before. And we attribute that to the fact that we're effectively solving one of the unfortunate mysteries in programmatic that has always been there forever, which is as the exchange... We love bids, we love transacted ad spend, but we have absolutely no idea why any DSP places any bid. We speculate. But this is now actually telling us that at least for this given segment, there's a significant amount of demand behind it. So now we can curate the pipe that much better and that much more effectively. And so it's a legitimate problem that we're solving specifically uh, on the data side. Makes sense. So we talked about the creative use case. Could we walk through that real-time call-out use case one more time? That's super interesting. So we're talking about something maybe that's like fraud detection or viewability or some aspect of the placement that maybe could be best figured out in the browser, right? So you have the tag in pre-bid, and then it's making a call-out to some third party that has to give you a kind of a yes-no answer. Yeah. So basically the way it would work is all of our transactions, all the slot requests come into the exchange either through a pre connection to the pub or server-to-server connection to the publisher, like every publisher mm-hmm. integrates in a different way. But all of it ultimately hits the index data center. Today, we allocate about five milliseconds before we go out to bid to DSPs anyway for our own quality checks, as well as to ping vendors, as you've mentioned, like Human and any other vendor that we're using any, with any kind of pre-bid verification or human verification. So that time cost is already there. And as a result, we can give a marketplace partner the opportunity to receive a call as well and participate mm-hmm. in this scenario, deciding whether or not to use a given slot request for a deal. And so the way that would work is a server-to-server call, so not client-side, in very close proximity to the index data center. This is, these are typically integrations that are literally happening within the same data center as index, so we're typically in Equinix facilities. We can give them five milliseconds where we can send them some very basic parameters kind of like a DSP bid request, but not really, like a very stripped-down version of a bid request, but would have a URL, would have a timestamp, would have some parameters. We can send them a request, and in five milliseconds, they can basically send us back a deal ID or send us back mm-hmm. a deal. And so what they're doing instead is skipping the UI, skipping you know the underlying APIs for curation and just saying directly, you know for this URL or for this slot ID, we want to raise our hand. The use case that we're most seeing for this application is contextual and uh, slot based viewability optimization. So the GPT ID coupled with contextual signals to narrow down, you know, a given opportunity for a given marketplace. Makes sense. And then kind of the third general use case would be other forms of data. So other data providers that don't need it in real time and want have either user base or some other sort of data. Can you walk us through how that works exactly? Yeah. So that kind of comes from, I think, all of our work over the last six or seven years on and on trying to do everything we can as a company to be ready for the impending cookie apocalypse. And more often than not, that largely means leveraging additional graph providers. And so, you know, on one hand, you know, we certainly can support your legacy cookie DMP style sync for segments, but 
Those are less common these days. What's more common would be a marketplace is leveraging something like LiveRamp and a Ramp ID or UID2 to associate those IDs with segments. And so basically the way that works is segment lists and ID lists. So basically no cookie dependency works in every channel. And that use case is natively handled in the platform. Right. So you could bulk upload a file once a day that has a primary key of, let's say, a live ramp ID against some meaning. So that's pretty cool. So do you want to talk about who your beta is? So this is a beta. So is it in beta from the perspective of the data providers, the, the marketplace providers, or is it also in beta in terms of what DSPs can use it, what, SS, what publishers can use it? Yeah, so we're saying the platform in its entirety is in beta just because this is a very new paradigm. We've been super transparent up front with everybody that we're sort of tiptoeing through it. One of the reasons why we're being very careful is I think this is bigger than just bringing a few new streams of demand onto the exchange. I do believe this has the potential to change the way ad tech integrates because I think at least the perspective that I have from our publisher customers, resources have never been fewer. And there's a, you know, an enduring desire to be connected to all demand. And the infrastructure side of ad tech is just not interesting anymore. And so for us, we didn't want to you know, get ahead of our skis on this one, to use an appropriately Canadian reference. Mm-hmm. And so we've just been careful. The product has been in build for, I want to say, over a year and a half. We were at a point of readiness in the end of Q3 to start integrations with the first marketplaces. We did the announcement in August. We went live in September. Six parties launched in Q4. I will tell you, and like Index does not make a lot of announcements, and so take my word for it or don't. This is the fastest growing product we've ever launched, ever. And you know that's in the backdrop of having launched streaming two years ago and it taking over the company. And the reason why I think it's growing so fast is we're solving a real problem, which is we can move ad spend to publishers without friction, without us getting in the way of it, and also bring access to every channel and every DSP to, to all these companies seemingly instantaneously. And so as to early partners who were live in Q4, we had, I'm uh, just looking at a list here, Audigent uh, live in Q4, uh, Multilocal live in Q4. There was like a handful of them. They're in the press release as well. And in Q1, we're also now onboarding the first agency marketplaces. And so we've, in the press release, we've got uh, OMG UK as well as Dentsu Japan using the product too. It's exciting. So uh, in terms of competitive set, I think the closest competitor to this is Xander Curate. Right. which has been around for several years. And I guess PNWeb or BidSwitch announced... Yes. Media Grid. Gr- what do they call it? Media Grid? Yep. I'm not, is that in production or are they just... I feel like it's been in beta for a long time. As far as I know, it's a product. I don't know if it's a beta or not, but okay. I know that Marketplace customers have referenced that as one of the platforms that they were using historically. Right. So uh, would you say a couple words about how this compares with Curate? Look, I would say Xander did an incredible job building Curate, and we have nothing but respect for what they created. I think one of the fundamental differences is business model, as I mentioned. We're looking at this largely as a scale play, as an opportunity to bring new demand onto the exchange. We're also looking at this as an extension of the journey that we started with Roundel many moons ago. We never looked at this as sort of like a response to a product and market, but there are similarities for sure. But I think the biggest difference would be business model. We are not looking to take any additional fees. We want as much of this ad spend to go to working media as possible so that it's super competitive in the auction and it gets over to the publisher. Got it. Okay, let's do a quick lightning round. Quick questions, quick answers. So what do you think is the biggest barrier for this product? 
The biggest barrier for this product, I think, to be honest, and it's one of the reasons why we put it in a beta, it's process and execution, getting that right, because it's seemingly scaling all on its own right now. All right, it's out of control. Uh, what, um, what do you think the number one advantage is of this product versus other options? Uh, super efficient scale. Okay, last one. If your company was an animal, what animal would it be? <laughs> we would be the most boring animal ever because, honestly, we love the boring problems in ad tech. They are our favorite, which is why Marketplaces is so exciting, but I don't know. What's the most boring animal ever? I don't, I don't, animals aren't usually considered boring. I know. Would it be, you could go with Canadian options. Yeah, uh, we'll be a moose. How about that? Everybody can jump on, on, on the moose's back and we'll take them through treacherous terrain without a problem. Navigate the programmatic supply chain. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Well, Andrew, thank you for being here. This is very exciting. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for subscribing to Marketecture. New interviews are added every week at Marketecture.tv and your favorite podcasting app. 